You are now listening to FemRegard Podcast with Tessa Markle and Carolina Alvarez. Mmm, Fem. Hey listeners, want to start your own podcast? Let us tell you our favorite tool. Anchor is the one-stop shop for all your podcasting needs. Here's why. Anchor lets you record and edit your show right from your phone or computer. So no matter your setup, you can start creating right now. Then it distributes your show to the most popular listening platforms like Apple and Spotify. Plus, it's the only place you can send video content to Spotify. Creators can even earn money on Anchor with ads and subscriptions. Best of all, it's all free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey, fam fam, it's your girls, Carolina and Tessa. We are excited to deliver to you another amazing episode, Mm -hmm. this time by a filmmaker who happened to contact us, um, who is also a fellow listener to the show. And we love that we were able to get in touch with a filmmaker, a listener, but also someone who is doing more for fellow filmmakers. Mm -hmm. So we felt like we had to bring him on. Um, His name is Omar Lopez. He had just recently completed his debut 16mm feature film with an all-woman cast and shot it entirely in Tijuana, Mexico. We really delve into um, his background um, in art as a whole Mm -hmm. and his relationship with uh, Tijuana and we really love the story and what he is focusing on with that but also his production company which is Standard Fantastic Pictures um, has launched a fellowship program for young filmmakers in the transborder region Mm -hmm. so he's really trying to pair both a team from the U.S. and Mexico to work together. And we think that's really cool and different and just inclusive and overall amazing. So it was really fun. He just gives it to you straight. Really loved that. <laughs> There's no trying to make something sound better than it is. And I, I think that was really fun to spill the team with tea with him mm-hmm. on just his experience with filmmaking, shooting on film, which is really cool. Yeah. And I think if you guys want to see uh, his work, you have to check out his website. Yeah, definitely now. check it out. Uh, we were just rewatching the trailer before we uh, signed on with him today. And it's just so beautiful. And I love like one of the things he talks about is like, you know, yeah, he's into the tech stuff of it and and the details of, of cameras and lenses and film and all of that. But like mm-hmm. what really drives him is the art. You know, he's still an artist first and I think there's something to be said about people that find the beauty in things, which is kind of the, um, I don't know if it's the log line necessarily, but what his film is about is, you know, that a lot of stories about Tijuana and the border concentrates on, you know, the bad stuff, the stuff that you see on the news, but like, there's so much beauty and culture and so many things that exist there too. So like, that's what his movie really concentrates on. So I just love his mindset around that. I think it's awesome. Yeah, so Omar Omar was really cool to talk to, and I know you guys will love this. So enjoy. We were just wondering. 
wondering, Tess and I were talking, where are you from originally? I'm from San Diego. Okay. Uh, yeah. Whenever I'm abroad, I always say, like, I was born in California. Uh, to be sort of vague. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Because, yeah, I, I'm, my parents are, my, everyone, um, my family, uh, I'm Mexican. Uh, and then uh, I was born in San Diego. But I never really call myself uh, Mexican or American or Mexican American. I just uh-huh. never. I don't know. I don't. I don't know if I like qualify for either. So I really feel like I need to. I feel really comfortable just like being Mexican when I want to, and then being American when I want to. Yeah. And then when I'm abroad, I'm from California. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I'm not. American, I totally get yeah. it. Yeah. I totally get it. Um, yeah. I've. I my mom's from Poland. My dad's from Colombia. And just to be this hodgepodge of things, it's hard to say I'm just one thing. So I get the whole like, oh, when I'm I'm talking to my my Colombian family, then I'm I'm definitely like you know in Latina mode. <laughs> when yeah. I'm with my my Polish peeps, we're 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 going to Polish mode. And if anyone asks, I'm from New York because they might not know what New Jersey is. So <laughs> I get it. Yeah, yeah. It feels really good. I've always liked it, like dancing from one, you know, jumping from one thing to another, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's been very convenient. Uh, but I, you know, it's more even like, gen- like you know, genuine, I think, like like your yeah. situation. It's like, uh, you just, now I'm this, now I'm that. It's nice. Yeah, it's all me. At the end of the day, it's all me. Yeah. yeah. I get that. Well, Omar, we were so excited to get an email from you. Um, you've stated you're a fellow listener, right? To the show? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, we were wondering I, how you found us, yeah. um, and we'll get into more Evil about Google. you, but yeah. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I, li- I like to listen to stuff, like, while I, did I pop out for a second? I like to listen to stuff um, while I'm working. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, I can't do it when I'm, like, doing, like, sound stuff. Right. Which is, So I edit all my own work, um, and that's when it, like, it really gets sort of, like, uh you know, nose to the grindstone is when I'm doing sound because right. I can't have anything on in the background. Yeah. So I, I get love it. like doing the assembly <laughs> and, and things like that in color and, and, and things like that. Cause then I have like stuff in the background. Mm-hmm. Right. You know? No, I totally, and, uh, I am the same. Absolutely. Yeah, you, know, you know what it's like. Yeah. yeah. That's so, the really awesome um, to hear. Cause we were, we are so excited to have a, someone like you on our podcast. Cause a, when you reached out, yes, it's always nice to hear that you're a fan, but we really also loved, um, your recent work that we'll get into and your production company and what you're doing with the fellowship program yeah. that you have. Sure. Um, so that's really, that was really meaningful to us as well, but we also want to geek out on like 16 MM, <laughs> what that is all about. Um, but let's take it back. Tell us um, how long you've been doing filmmaking and when you started Standard Fanta- Fantastic Pictures. Uh, so I started making, you know, movies under, or I started the, this production company and started making movies this way in like 2014 or okay. 15, which was kind of like a late start. I was like uh, 30 or 31, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'd uh, I'd been a contemporary it's artist. It's never late. That's well, awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, yes, but, I mean, you know, on your podcast, you hear a lot of that sort of thing, like, you know, 
I'm starting out now, but it's like, you know, but uh, yeah, so no, it's, it's great to hear that yeah. people have, didn't necessarily go to school for this or have started later on in their journey um, or vice versa started when they were 12, <laughs> you know, yeah, it, it yeah. all varies. Yeah. So for you, did you go to film school or, or no, uh, no. just, uh, oh, I guess, like I was saying, I was an artist for, you know, like over 10 years, but really just jumping from medium to medium, kind of like what whatever interested me, you know, mm-hmm. uh, sculpture, installation. I, I settled on photo for a while and did a, like, wet plate collodion projects, um, still photography. And then I think the the wet plate stuff, I don't know if you know what that is. That's, like, Civil War style. Like, you've seen it. Oh, like that, yeah. That. Kind yeah. of like a tint type sort of. Exactly. Yeah, tint okay. Type, that's what okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, it's all hands-on. You do it all with your hands for like three years my hands were like black because uh <laughs> I didn't like wearing gloves because it's hard you know mm-hmm. anyways um that that tangible that like hands-on sort of thing I think that mm-hmm. pulled me into wanting to work or you know with film mm-hmm. versus like uh digital stuff when I when I started making movies and um I don't know it's one of those things you know some you ask sometimes people like how did you get here and there's like a natural progression you know like well this happened yeah. and this and this and this so i've i try keep trying to think of mine and sometimes i i there's like little points in my life you know they go like oh that's yeah. kind of like a movie thing like i guess i was kind of but <laughs> like i love making uh in high school did you ever have to do like video projects like make a movie about something I never did in high school, but I did no. have a, a <laughs> photography class, like actual, mm. you know, developing film and everything like that. But yeah, that's the only so thing. So did I, I did. sucked at it. <laughs> I always liked <laughs> developing the film way more than taking the actual pictures. Like my pictures were oh. awful, but I had so much fun in the dark room. <laughs> I was the opposite. I used to yeah. cheat. I used to get my, because, you know, in high school, I don't know what yours was like, but at mine, you know, they never changed the chemicals and, and photography, all this stuff. You have to be, it's very exact. It's like baking, right? Yeah. Just follow the recipe, but no one ever does. <laughs> yeah, that would not me. be me. I like yeah. to cook. That I can't bake. Too yeah. exact. I'm too experimental. I could never <laughs> develop anything decent. So I just started taking my rolls to the, to the lab, to the yeah. photo lab, and then printing that way. <laughs> hey, whatever works. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'm totally statute of limitations. You. I can't get in trouble. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> well, hey, I mean, it turns out eventually you fell in love with it. So you know, it's funny yeah. how that goes. But yeah, yeah. So you um, didn't have any like pinpoints that you can really follow, and I think we it sometimes takes a long journey for us to then like make sense of where we're at and why we're here, right? But I guess I mean, even I another reason why I can just tell like I guess of your artist background like even talking about it are the pictures like on your website there's like a lot of emotion and just the framing and black and white if we're talking about tin like your latest film is isn't black and white and so um yeah I can see you definitely have an eye for artistic choices so did you then just one day decide I'm gonna switch the medium up and go with the camera yeah, basically, <laughs> I needed to have a, a more romantic sort of like thing, but it really was sort of a, yeah, there's, there's little, you know, stories that I can remember like, oh, yeah, I always like doing this. I was like, I did. I mean, movies have always been part of my life, but it, it feels like one of those things that was like in front of your face, mm-hmm. you know, like going back to movies, right? There's like the the best friends, right? 
the and and they don't realize that they're made for each other, but they're right there in front of their, each other the whole time. <laughs> and you take off your glasses. Oh wow, she's hot! Like nineties <laughs> trope, you know. Totally. It, it was yes. like that. My whole life, uh, I, I was lucky enough to where um, we we had like a, a really old like a cinema, like half a mile away from my house like growing up mm-hmm. and it was like a dollar ninety nine for two movies. Wow. And, mm-hmm. Yeah, really sticky floors and like really <laughs> grimy and nasty and hey even um, the ones that are twenty dollars for a movie ticket are sticky floors. Are, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> yeah, I remember they, they bumped it up to like two ninety nine and it was like people were pissed. Like yeah. that was insane. It's like ah. uh and and video stores like I used to go with, with my parents <sighs> I remember going with my dad and, and we would go because, you know, they didn't always have what you wanted, right. you know, mm-hmm. they'd have like six copies and this movie just came out and you'd be lucky to get it. And we would, man, we would probably spend half a day sometimes going from store to store, just trying to get stuff <laughs> yeah. and yeah. then come back home with like, you know, all these movies for the weekend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, but yeah. that's, that's not unique. You know, I think everybody had, you know, a lot of people had childhoods like that where it was like movies 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 and and one day i guess this is the closest like origin story i can think of is um so i i, I put on like i hung up like a, a lot of my shows like my mm-hmm. art shows and you know you you like anything like any event or, or anything like that you, you work real hard and, and you put it up and then it happens and you have x amount of degree of success and then the night's over and people leave and you're cleaning up and you're like all right, now what? You know, how do you decompress? Right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it was always like, oh, let's go to a movie. And um, that's always just what I always wanted to do. Like whenever, as soon as I was, you know, had my own time, I just wanted to go to the movies. And then I realized like, why don't I just like make movies? Mm-hmm. And it felt really, really st- stupid. <laughs> like, <laughs> I had never had that. I had never had that thought in my head. Like, oh, I wish I could make movies, but I just can't. Like, if you follow, like, my, my, my artwork or, like, just other projects, I've been doing, you know, really hard to do, difficult, stubborn mm-hmm. stuff that doesn't make any money for, mm-hmm. like, 15 years. Yeah. It, that idea just never popped into my head. Like, why don't I make a movie? And um, so, yeah. But no, don't I'm, you see the common denominator? <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. it's like what, just it as stupid time. and hard at times honestly yeah. the whole filmmaking thing yeah. so you already had that that challenge like you, you're used to putting yourself through those challenges mm-hmm. you know yeah so that that makes sense yeah oh and then I have um I raised my three younger brothers they're, they're a lot younger than I am I have four kids and um you know they're good they're all they're all good kids but you know like yeah. any kids like they don't listen. Like nobody listens. I didn't listen. <laughs> you know, they're crazy. Right. Uh, so like, uh, being on set, you know, and like everything's like falling apart. It really feels like normal to me. It just feels like home. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it feels even better because people like are everybody's actually trying to do stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, everything's falling apart. Nothing's working, and everything's a disaster. But everyone is still sort of like a team. Yeah. It's like it's like a dream. That is, that's kind of a testament to like being a parent and a filmmaker. It's like, you're already used to that chaos. It's nothing. I think if you go backwards, yeah, or either way you go, yeah. one informs the other. Totally. <laughs> yeah. I love that. So then when did, um, 
Yeah, so then you started Standard Fantastic Pictures in 2014 or 15? Is that what I'm hearing? Or uh, you then... Yeah, I think that's like the first like sort of short film that I made. So I started making, you know, weird art films. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> we love that and... stuff. So <laughs> we love that. And I like immediately like a guy's on his website. There's like this woman like... I don't know what she's her mouth's being stuffed out. It's very like weird, but I'm oh, that, immediately yeah. sucked in. <laughs> like there's was... like a weird emotion mm-hmm. that you're just triggered by. I don't know. We love yeah. that shit. <laughs> and I think that was like my first sort of like straight movie too. Like people talk to each other. Yeah. <laughs> Things happen. <laughs> the basic elements of a story. Um before that it was a lot of like, you know, dream imagery, sort of like, you know, sound and things like that. Uh-huh. Um uh, yeah, just like weird art films. And then that movie that you're talking about, uh, Sin Eater, that was in 20, I think I shot that in 2014 and it came out like 2015, something like that. Okay. Yeah. Um, are all your films done on the like 16mm? Everything that um, I think counts, you know, mm-hmm. everything that like to sound like a douchebag, like my <laughs> everything in my over. Yeah. Uh, like, <laughs> I, I use my phone for like a lot of stuff and like when I, I've done videos like promo videos and things for friends mm-hmm. or for work or whatever um, or with other cameras but everything that like I you know count mm-hmm. is, is um, yeah it's been on film and I mean shooting on film is difficult like we've wanted to do it and we never have because it's just so you have to get it right you know like you only have so much film to try again and then when you're editing it's like you get one shot you know because you're literally cutting it up like talk to us a little more about that um yeah that's that was definitely my experience um I think I was a little more used to it or um not thrown by it, maybe just because my age, maybe the era. So, like, I, rem- mm-hmm. I remember, um, so I was talking to a friend of mine who does, like, event photography, you know, and she shoots digital for these things, and you, know, you get your hit list, you know, or punch list, whatever you call it, you know, and, you know, get this, this, this person, get this happening, you know, and mm-hmm. you go, and then, you know, the hard part is to edit afterwards, and she says, you know, like, but I, it's really easy for me because, you know, she's a little older than I am. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, uh, I always shot film, so I don't shoot, like, 10 million pictures, mm-hmm. you know, so I have basically what I need. And when I was a kid, mm-hmm. I remember, like, field trips, I'd get one of those um, uh, disposable cameras, yeah. you know? Yeah. Little clickies. And Oh, yeah. You know, I did like, that, too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, whale watching or whatever we did, right? Mm-hmm. And, like, yeah. I learned early on, like, I blew, you know, I blew the camera on the bus ride over. You know, just like fooling around with my friends and then yeah. like whatever we're there to do, you know, like, oh, no, I don't have any pictures yeah. for the whales. Like, I'm done. Mm-hmm. And then I get a rollback and it's just like all these like, stupid faces. You right. Know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I think I always like I was used to that, like not just, you know, getting, you know, a ton of coverage and then editing later. Mm-hmm. So that helps a little bit, I think, with film or it gets you used to like. Yeah. You were okay. you learned to be more precious about what you had and like selective because you knew like you were you had limitations yeah. essentially and you've yeah. learned to like work within them. Yeah. Um, is there any other reason why you decide like visually or contextually that you wanted to do work on film? Because visually, like everyone's like it feels yeah. nostalgic and 
Um, some of your, uh, the imagery you have reminds me of Jean-Luc Godard, which I really love, like all his work. So, um, yeah. Why is, was there another reason that you felt drawn to producing on film? Um, yeah, I think it's just like, everyone has their line, like Mm -hmm. about this, you know, especially, you know, like I found your guys' podcast. I found a lots of, you know, as a filmmaker with like lots of time in front of the computer, you're always listening to, to stuff right. related to this. So everyone, you know, if I'm honest, everybody who works through the film, and this was the same with like tintypes, like everyone has their line, you know, like, you know, well, digital is fake or there's no this. And like with film, you get that. And that's all true. You know, it is. But um, I think just the reason uh, I do it is just like, uh, I just, I like how it looks and you can't, that's the only way to, to do it is with film, you know, instead of like, shooting something nice and then trying to crap it up and make it look old, you know, mm-hmm. um, because it does more. It when I think when you, when you shoot film, you're doing more than just shooting on a different medium. Like it changes. It's a whole other language, mm-hmm. even like 16 versus super eight versus 35, you know, getting into like the geek out stuff. Right. Yeah. Um, it's a different language, even like of movement um, of, uh, you know, I put a, I put a 35 millimeter lens on my camera and I can see X, right? Mm-hmm. But that same right. lens on a 30, on a 35 camera, you see a lot more, mm-hmm. right? So if right. I'm, if I'm, you know, if I'm doing just you right there sitting down where you are, right? Your, your portrait, I could be this close to you with a 35 and I feel, you feel that closeness, even if we frame it exactly the same way, you know, mm-hmm. you're the same size, you feel closer uh, with the 16, I'd have to back up. Mm-hmm. And um, things like that, like, I think changed the language of, like, how you shoot and, and the movie. Because you're standing in different places. You're feeling different. As Even as a viewer, you feel different when you see the same frame. You know, huh. I think the uh-huh. camera moves differently. Like, my camera weighs a lot less than, a, than 35 does. Mm. And, you know, I don't have, like, a steady cam set up so like but even like the pans i don't just feel like i've worked with a lot of different cameras you know um and to me it feels when i move or what i look at even feels different so it's not just like that the film the 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 end you know where it's registered is different Mm -hmm. it's also i think how you make things is different yeah right like the the transitions and all of that yeah yeah I mean, I'm constantly amazed because I don't. I I personally am not super into the technical stuff of it all because I'm not a camera operator and I like to learn a little bit, but it just doesn't stick in my head because it's not what I do, you know. So I'm just constantly amazed by how much of a difference things like this make, you know, whether it's the millimeters of the of the film and or um, like I remember when I first really learned what the difference is between like a dolly in versus a zoom shot. Like, yes, like yeah. I knew what how like doing it was different, but I was like, aren't they going to produce the same effect? And they don't. Yeah. And it's like my mind just wrapping around that. I was like, oh, my God, that's so cool. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, it's the same kind of thing with this or like frames per second or just all that stuff that makes such a difference but if you're not into the technical stuff of it you might not even realize until you watch them side by side or you know two examples of it and you're like oh my gosh I see how different it actually is so I just always I think that's so amazing (laughs) 
Yeah, I think you have to, well, here I am like spitting advice. You have to this, you have to that. I, I think it helps, you know, to know all that technical stuff, mm-hmm. but you, but to just use it, you know, but keep the spirit of what you're doing, not just focus mm-hmm. on the technical. This is something that I, through experience, ran into a lot with like photographers um, versus, um, and this is just my experience, but like if you hang out with like, you know, like oil painters or painters, you know, people like that, like technical things can pop up, but you talk a lot more about like the painting itself or the feeling or what worked or what didn't work. You don't talk so much about like, you know, <laughs> you know, exactly what chemicals or what brush or whatever. And what you know, brush, yeah. I think where you get a lot of, uh, you know, people who re- because they love it, you know, mm-hmm. and they can, people that can focus on, you know, exact F stops and exact, like metrics things like that mm-hmm. you know like very technical things which i mean you need those so again i'm always you know i'm not saying you know <laughs> you know who cares about that it's important but like it, it's like i i've found you can really sort of um get get too narrow of a focus on just the technical things and not worry about like well what what is that even for like you have to have it do something you have to have like a a feeling or a spirit or something that you're trying to accomplish with it. Absolutely. You know? I love that. Cause otherwise it's just movement on film. It's not art. If yeah. you don't have the feeling behind it or a perfect image. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of photography is chasing this perfect still image, you know, like it is lit perfectly. Mm-hmm. It is the, you know, which I mean, I love, you know, beautiful lighting is great, but you need more than more than that. Yeah. Like, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I I think that's, no, that is great advice for anyone who is, who's even trying to tackle on something like that, that, and that's what I am like stepping into a new place of like directing for me, especially I'm trying to learn the technical things. Cause that's of course important, but I don't want it to stop me from focusing on the emotion and what I want at the end of the day. If I know it's like in here, I'll figure out, the technical stuff. And that's why you have a band, I think a team around you who can um, help also inform you of things that you don't know. And I'm the first to admit if I don't know something. (laughs) So I think that's always helpful um, to just, just to rely on your instincts too, at the end of the Mm -hmm. day and what you want to feel. Cause it, it is like, I wouldn't know how to, to work on film either, but it does sound kind of fun <laughs> to yeah. like create Yeah, I suggest that. it. Just uh, practice, you know, like get the cash out of your wallet, practice, uh, put it on the table and then just burn it all and watch it burn. And that's like the feeling of, uh, <laughs> of, of shooting on film. I love that. But that's, but well that's said. <laughs> I had a friend who shot on this division mm-hmm. uh, as a student. And mm-hmm. he, uh, do you know how this division works? I don't know. Like nope. So normal, you know, normal cameras, that they go like vertically, like, you know, like in a circle. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the this division goes like horizontally. Same mm-hmm. thing, you know, like it, it rolls through, but it goes like horizontally uh, without getting into it. It just eats up a lot of, you know, a lot of film really fast. Oh, okay. And, uh, and he said like the second that he, you know, turned the camera on and heard the whir of the motor he, he said it felt just like money just like putting money into a like a little yeah in. it was just like money getting yeah. churned up and eaten up um and i feel that way even with like 16 yeah but um 
I think there's <laughs> there's there's a couple, you know, another reason that, that it sort of didn't get thrown off by the film is, is that like, I think there's a couple different ways that you can uh, try to make art or anything really, you know, mm-hmm. and it's um, I'm, one of them is, okay, I have this vision, maybe like the Stanley Kubrick way or what we're told is, you know, was his way yeah. is like I have a vision of X and that's what I want it to be and now I will bend the world and make everything that I do whatever I need to do to achieve this exact thing that I want mm-hmm. and uh-huh. then the other method is like all right I'm in a room what do I got I got this thing I got that <laughs> thing I got that thing and what can I make with this or like you know like what's in my fridge what can I make mm-hmm. what I have in my yeah and, um yeah, I, I'm not like, I, you know, and it's more nuanced than that. But um, right. in general, I lean towards, uh, like, I guess a mix. But, you know, just because of my circumstances, it's a lot of times it's more like the first one. Mm-hmm. And it isn't to say like, all right, I'm just going to do whatever and whatever I have. That's it. And if it's crap, I'll just, you know, like I reshot this this feature. I reshot half of it. Oh, wow. Um, because, yeah, because uh it needed to happen <laughs> so it's not necessarily like you know you know just do things once and whatever crap you end up with that's what, but um right it is a but little you bit gotta start it's a process yeah, yeah, of yeah. like of trial and error mm-hmm. as always yeah yeah let's let's get into that your debut sure. feature anna who who they pulled out of the river uh, yes hard to say Um, (laughs) no I love it I'm gonna read um what's written on your website because I think it's it's a it's unique and I love um the message of the story so avoiding Tijuana's tired tropes drugs prostitution and the border Anna offers a simultaneously mythical and more accurate version of a city whose treasures are the intimate personal narratives she holds so Sounds really good when you say it. Thank you. (laughs) It is. It's really great. I I mean, it's a beautiful description. Yeah, it it is beautiful. It's beautifully written, but also the message in there just like makes me want to know more about Anna and the story that, yes, the, what is the, the mythical version and treasures of the city? Did you um, have family in Tijuana? Tell us more about the story. (laughs) Tessa, oh my gosh, Vidafair is so cool. We can literally rent movies for so cheap. And movies we probably wouldn't have gotten to see otherwise. Indie movies that don't normally make it to the streamers. What a great resource. But how cool is it that the filmmakers make money too? Like actual money, not fractions of a cent based on hours upon hours of views. Exactly. Filmmakers set their own price for a 24-hour rental, and viewers reap the benefit of micropricing. Everybody wins, and there's so much to choose from. It's so simple. Fair trade film monetization. And all you have to do is visit vidafair.com. That's V-I-D-A-Fair.com to make an account today. Sure. Um, I don't know how well you know, like, San Diego TJ region, but it's, um, it's, uh... I've been there twice and okay, yeah. <laughs> I got stuck at the border once. <laughs> that's, yeah, yeah. that's my, yeah, I, I was able people, to use my Spanish to get through. <laughs> you got through? Yeah. 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 It just depends who you get, you know, like, and cause people are always saying, you know, like people that are citizens are like, Oh, I don't know. I don't have my passport, this and that, but like they cannot, 
they can just make your life hell for like a couple hours, but they can't not let you back into the country. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. And the scary thing is, is like they have all your information there already. Like mm-hmm. I've seen, right. I've seen people cross with like Costco cards, library cards, <laughs> like nothing, yeah. you know. And, and that's the scary thing is because you're in there, you know. They have your picture and everything and everything about wow. you, your favorite ice cream. Yeah, um, <laughs> I mean, with that Costco card, you can find out a lot yeah. about a person. Yeah, <laughs> That's data, hilarious. Analytics. You know, um, there's lots of crossing back and forth. Yeah. Um, um, I feel like I've crossed a lot in my life. And even so, that's like nothing compared to like, there's people that just like they cross every day. You know, lots mm-hmm. of kids that I went to school with, they had to like cross every day. And mm. I think about that every time I'm in line and I'm like wanting to blow my brains out. And I've been there for hours and they're like, yeah, but this is still like nothing yeah. compared to what a lot of people had to do. Um, it's uh, it's great. You've got you know San Diego on this side, TJ on that side. Um, I I grew up going maybe like three four times a week uh, with my grandma um, mm-hmm. for like d- different business. And uh, well, not she wouldn't care now. She was a. Uh, I didn't learn until later that she was like a loan shark, like not like the. <laughs> break your knees kind yeah but like um well you don't know (laughs) i didn't understand it i would go with her and we would you know we'd cross (laughs) and we'd drive to different people's houses and we'd show up and then we'd sit in the living room and have you know tea or so drinks or whatever you know and talk Mm -hmm. and then they'd hang out and then these people would give my grandma you know wads of cash and then we would leave and I was like, what is this? Like, I don't understand. What <laughs> it's is an expensive this tea party. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and so we did that. Oh, we, like I did anything. I just, you know, I tagged along while she watched me. Um, you were the cute little so kid I, to make the people feel guilty if they didn't pay out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I remember too, she sold, she sold jewelry. Uh-huh. And uh, sometimes on the way back, she would load me up. I looked like a like a kid pimp. Like she would load me up with all of this, like uh, with all this jewelry, like necklaces and rings and different things like that. You know, like if anybody okay. asks, this is yours. You got it for your birthday or this, this. You know, uh, that's amazing. So I grew up. Uh, I didn't have family over there. Like mm-hmm. now, a lot of them have, have, have crossed to San Diego, but uh, back then. Most of them were mm-hmm. still in TJ. And so we do that. And then it was bouncing around different aunts' houses. And my great-grandmother was alive back then, too. Uh, so a lot of, like, visiting family. Um, a lot of women present in your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, this will be this will serve as, like, my, like, therapy session, too. Like, oh, yeah, I never <laughs> oh thought Oh, my God, amazing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, I'm uh, here for it. <laughs> yeah, for our listeners, it's um, an all-women cast as well. And... I was, I, you know, always ask, like, we always do. We mm-hmm. always want to know why are you the one telling the story, especially, like, around a lot of women perspectives. So I always feel like it does relate to the the women who have touched you in your personal lives or helped shape you or, you know, mm-hmm. who you've, who've you spent. And, you know, if that means spending a lot of time with grandma, that's like a huge, you know, she's a huge impact on your life. And you might not know it. It's something simple as like going, traveling with her on a daily basis. I think it's subconsciously, it's like there, you know? Oh, yeah. And the, I would say pretty consciously. <laughs> 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 like, I, I, uh, 
you know, another thing that I stole from those early was, uh, you know, like everybody's Mexican grandma, she watches, she uh, watches soap operas. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, and there was a, uh, there was one that always stuck with me, probably because I was like, in love with them because I was like seven years old but there was it was this show <laughs> called Muchachitas like chicks mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was like I don't know how many six or seven like chicks right? <laughs> <laughs> that is like the early 90s and they're like you know I don't even remember what the plot was but there was a, this this one bad guy right Federico mm. and he was like he would he would kill people uh, like one by one, he was like killing people in the show and all these like crazy ways. I remember once he put like a bomb on a remote control car, <laughs> you know, and he like <laughs> drove the car underneath someone and it blew up. And and at the end, the girls get their like revenge on this guy, right? And they like, I don't remember if they bury him alive or they do something like that. But, um, you know, all this like crazy violent stuff that like grandmas are watching, you know, <laughs> yeah. they're making up like, cooking. <laughs> and um, I stole a lot of that from that uh-huh. uh for, for this movie that that sort of just like basic um uh structure mm-hmm. uh, the, uh-huh. the, the feeling i think um of sort of you know abuela's oh, getting uh, revenge yeah, yeah. <laughs> well like of a lot you know the, this like world of women this like you know like things don't have to make sense like the crazier the better mm. um and i think that helped a lot you know, for my budget, for my limitations, because, um, you know, I think they teach you or they, they encourage you, you know, with limited resources, like, okay, stick to one location, one right. actor, two actors, something like that, you know, make it really good. And oh, I was yeah. like, uh, you know, when you watch this movie, there's like a lot of locations. <laughs> and I think it translates to, it's not just like, you know, from the creator side, knowing it, like, there's it looks like stupid like i heard i heard that it it sounds like okay i took that advice and then just threw it out the window there's like (laughs) so many different locations a lot of different actors and um the telenovela sort of feel uh i think helped in in being able to just be really like melodramatic about it and and um Mm -hmm. There was a lot of stuff that we did that I think would have been a lot harder to do if we were trying to make like, I don't know if I call it like a straight movie, but like a very like, you know. Linear, not simple, you know, but. Like a Paul Thomas Anderson movie or something like that, you know, where like this is the real world and like real, you know what I mean? Something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, um, so you're you still kind of absurd with. and dramatic in your choices. Yeah, yeah. I think you can get away with a lot more because it because of the the style of the whole thing Mm -hmm. Uh uh-huh yeah that makes sense that's hard to do that's really hard to do and probably yeah what most people would advise not to do for your first like feature (laughs) (laughs) yeah but it's a staple to you as a director and what art or work you want to make um it sounds like that's what you're drawn to and that's what you want to do so of course These you're going to break stupid, all the unpractical stuff yeah. <laughs> yeah. hey if you know how to do it and do it well who cares what other people think yeah, yeah. you know that's just a quote-unquote rule because it makes it easier for people who don't know how to work around it so yeah that's true yeah yeah Cool. Omar, just breaking uh, all the rules <laughs> on our show yeah. today. I love it. Don't talk I about love parents. it. Yeah. 
Well, I want to get into a little bit more about the fellowship that you've created through your production company. And just to tell our listeners about that, because I was reading like what all um, you get if you're a part of it. And I was like, wow, this is impressive. Like, <laughs> So, yeah. yeah, tell us a little bit about it. Um, the uh, I'll give you the long the standard Fantastic Pictures Transporter Film Fellowship. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of words. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, it, can, it that comes out of uh, so. Like I said, I've been an artist for a long time before I started making movies, mm-hmm. and um, it's wherever you are. The the resources I think for artists are are, are pretty. You know, there's not a lot of there's not a lot out there. There's not a lot of cheese. Mm-hmm. You know? A lot of people fight <laughs> over this tiny little block of cheese, mm-hmm. uh, and mm-hmm. especially so, I think for like direct, um, what you would call like uh, direct support to artists, because you know, without going into it too much or sounding you know sour, like what usually happens is like big, you know, people with money, like grantors, they give money to like institutions, mm-hmm. aka like middlemen and stuff like that, and then because us artists are too stupid to know what to do with money, <laughs> um, they give it to them and then they can make programs that will hire artists or commission artists to do mm-hmm. stuff. And, um, you know, that's great. That's good. But uh, in my experience and a lot of like artists that I talk to, like the best stuff is just like when you get cash yeah, or like you get, you know, like commissioned to do something, you know, like. And you um, can really own it, take ownership of it and do what you want with it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think if I, you know, it's not just me, like all these artists, if you're living, you know, this life, you know, if you've dedicated yourself to art and you're, and you're, you know, not just trying to like make money, you're not on like wall street, you're sort of like acting on verba, you know, like you're doing it. So just, mm-hmm. just give me the cash. Just like, yeah. I'm doing my part already. Uh, starving artist part, uh, give me some cash so I can make something. So, right. um, you know, that's like the crude way of saying, like, I, I wanted to uh, to do something uh, like that. And um, so it's, it's mm-hmm. pretty modest, you know, but I think uh, a couple things that set the, the fellowship apart or make it interesting, I think, is that it's aimed at like 18 to 25 year olds. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the stipulations, uh, there's not a lot of stipulations. One of them, though, is that you know, in your team, in your like uh, main like, production team, we want somebody from Mexico and somebody from the U.S. Mm-hmm. And that can look however you want. You know, it could be like, you know, director and producer from here, but you know, this the screenwriters from over there, or you know, mm-hmm. just um, it could be anything. Mm-hmm. But we want this sort of like um, hybrid, uh, yeah, like something experimental, of- yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, two yeah. cultures and having them work together no i love that mm-hmm. yeah there's a lot of exploitation i think that happens uh-huh. uh i don't have to say i think that happens <laughs> uh in mexico all over the world but especially you know around the border is what i'm more familiar with uh and even mm-hmm. when it comes to movies you know like uh you get like big you know productions with money that go down there and it's only to save a buck mm-hmm. like you know a mm-hmm. lot of the crew on my movie and actors and stuff they've they've been on those productions and yeah. they've told me what it's like and it's like it's not like you know for the locations or for the people that are there or to try to do it's like you know it's like the most of hollywood it's like cash it's money right so it's cheaper we come in we cut a lot of corners a lot of stuff we can do and we spend less mm-hmm. and um and then also you know going back to anna you know trying to avoid i think the border 
drugs and prostitution are, you know, they're important topics. It's not like they're not important or irrelevant, but that's all there is for movies about TJ or this, Mm -hmm. this region, you know, that all of my actors and my crew is anybody that I know that's in TJ working in films, they've been a prostitute or they've been a drug mule or they've been um, a migrant, right? Trying to, to cross over. And those are the only roles Right. And so it and was kind of nice for them to be like, oh, I'm just, I'm like a, a lady. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's something yeah. to be said too about like, you know, you're not ignoring it. You're not pretending it's not there. You're just not, that's not what the story is about, you know? So, yeah. 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 I think TJ, it's got, you know, it's not like I'm discovered. Everybody knows it, but they don't treat it like it, you know, like it, mm-hmm. it's, it's like an LA or New York or like place like it has like so much not just potential, but like uh, character. Yeah. But it doesn't, it doesn't get that sort of treatment. You know, it's very one-sided. I think a lot of the, the projects that take place in, in TJ, you know, usually ones that start from the American side. Right. So right. this, yeah. So this, you know, this mixed team is, is trying to address that, you know, mm-hmm. um, and maybe, you know, we could get a project that's, you know, all, you know, Mexican crew and there's like one token American guy. I don't, yeah. I don't know. Uh, or, or, or woman. I, uh, I'm trying to think of the other. I don't have my idiot sheet in front of me. It's like one from each side, 18 to 25. Oh, fiction. Uh, we want the project to be fiction mm-hmm. just because, you know, maybe it's just a feeling I have, but I just feel there's a lot more like resources for like documentary mm-hmm. projects that aren't, it's both sides, right? If you're trying to like make money and you're like, it's, you know, you do fiction, but then if you're like working on this like small scale and you're doing stuff around like the border, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. it's more like documentary stuff is easier to get off the ground. And um, I feel like that's already taken care of and they can do a way better job than I can. So fiction projects, uh people from both sides 18 to 25 oh and we're um we want to try to emphasize that it's open to people that even aren't filmmakers mm-hmm. um whether this could be their first film or maybe they've done a couple things or maybe they've never done a film at all mm-hmm. and um so we uh we're providing film the cameras developing the processing the scanning uh but then another important part too is uh sort of like the mentorship aspect so i've been like slowly we've, we've got like a people like four or five artists right now but i'm trying to like get more mm-hmm. uh-huh. um to get this sort of like pool of uh artists in the region to act as like sort of like mentors for the project and that can mean a bunch of different things right because it just depends right. on on the project yeah. um you know we're we're giving out 1600 feet of film to yeah i'm looking at your breakdown it's incredible you're giving yeah you're sourcing film you have a mentor who can help you but like you have the lens kit everything around um yeah the film itself that's amazing yeah and depending on how much i mean you know about like shooting ratios like depending on what you do you know you could use every foot depending on your project really right but maybe use every foot of film and mm-hmm. that's like 40 minutes of film about, you know, yeah. or maybe, you know, you do something else and it's a shorter movie. Um, it just depends on the sort of projects that we get. Mm-hmm. I think the last thing, and this comes from like a personal uh, 
personal experience mm -hmm. is is the um the proposal that we're asking people to submit is just like just submit one pdf with you know we'd like these sort of you know there's a list of things that we'd like like mm -hmm. but um we'll just try to make it really simple as possible because I, I don't you know what it's like when you go like try to get grants or pitch things or do whatever and like yeah. everybody has a different form everybody has a different sheet they have different you know and uh, that's the point where I never I always feel great on set when things are falling apart I want to kill myself <laughs> when like I have to type out a form on <laughs> I can't stand it so we tried to make it one send one pdf with your project and you know someone who's made a bunch of movies is going to have a different proposal than someone who's never made a movie at all right right um, so uh you know myself and the other artists that that are part of the fellowship you know we can look at a proposal and see what looks good or what's interesting without having to make people jump through a bunch of hoops i think yeah because i was gonna say too it it also serves to your point whether you're new to this or have never done film before or you're more experienced keeping it to that kind of one page gives kind of almost like an even playing field too to like help um you know pitch yourself especially if you're new yeah. in the space mm -hmm. um so that's kind of nice too because then you can focus on the story and again how you're going to support it of course but you don't have to feel like that pressure of a resume when you're like listing all your credits and you're like, Oh no, <laughs> I only have one page. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Exactly. So that's kind of cool too. Cause it, it does kind of open that opportunity to give a chance to those who really want it and mm -hmm. um, want to break grounds with you. Yeah. A lot of times I think ideas, you know, in movies, that's right. That's like your, your pitch, like your one line, you know, like, a lot of times the best idea is they're just like one sentence. Yeah. You know, that's not always, mm -hmm. but a lot of times you can read one sentence and go like, whoa, we got a lot of stuff to flesh out here maybe, but like that's, that's a solid idea. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. That's so cool. It's, it's possible. Yeah. Well, I'm excited to, to, is this your first year doing uh, this fellowship program? Yeah. First, first year. I just, uh, you know, I finished Anna. And I've got a bunch of other projects, you know, lined uh -huh. up and getting off the ground, but just having it finished was like a big, like, you know what it's like. Uh. And it's like a big project. And you're like, I can do anything now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. So like, pandemic yeah. wasn't really a change for me. Yeah. That, I mean, there was a lot that changed, you know, I was right. very, very lucky that, um, that I didn't have it too rough, but I just mean like socially, uh, -huh. Uh, like there was no difference like it's just, yeah. it's just like working like, oh yeah so many no i get it just stay I, yeah gave me yeah. time to focus more on my work our work yeah. both of us felt yeah. that way so i get it but do you um i want to oh, see yeah, anna yeah. <laughs> yeah so whenever you can but where I, is it is it going through the film festival route i have yeah i'm submitted to film festivals uh i have to I mean, to be honest, I just have to shell out the cash because it's like a giant file, mm. and I have to update my my Vimeo that they oh, got. Yeah, yeah. We, we know that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> this oh, is the part of the please. interview where he talks about his uh, credit card next. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I'm excited to hear about the stories that come through it. Yeah, I'm excited so, to yeah. see who. Yeah, the movies that make it through. That's it. Sounds like they're going to be awesome. <laughs> oh yeah, like my little brother makes movies, and he. Uh, but they're all like his own like separate projects. And I love like, 
it's a totally different style than me, but I love like seeing when like something like new comes out because mm-hmm. I don't know anything about it, you know, or like mm-hmm. he'll ask me for, can I use this? Or can I use that? Do you have this? And I don't know what it's for. Right. Mm-hmm. And then I'll <laughs> what he used it in. Um, and so, yeah, that, like that young, that young energy uh, and ideas, it'd be great to, to see what comes out of it. I'm really excited. Um, to hope that like maybe some other institutions will, you know, please feel free to copy and do this. Not like, like yeah, direct right. fellowship is an original idea, uh-huh. but just like, I would love people to actually do it more down here. There's, you know, yeah. at least in San Diego, there's, there's, you know, there's very few opportunities and I just wish there was more. And I'm hoping mm-hmm. to, you know, to show, I mean, I'm, you know, uh, not, you know, I don't have a trust fund. <laughs> uh, I'm a filmmaker and I, and I can pull this off. It, it's, it's tight, but I mean, I can pull it off and I can, I can fund it. It's, there's no like institutional backing, like behind mm-hmm. the fellowship, wow. or like um, other grantor or anything. It's just me. And I would, oh I, I hope that people would see like, you know, that, that it's in any medium, you know, like you yeah. could do this, you know, like I said, a fellowship is not like an original idea. But it needs to, like, they, they aren't any here in San Diego. And it would be great if there was, you know, you know, direct support for a painter mm-hmm. or for a sculptor or whatever. And it doesn't have to be, this is a very modest project, you know? Yeah. Um, it doesn't yeah, have to no, be. No, I, I t- completely agree. Um, Tessa and I feel the same way. We're, we just need cash and we can get <laughs> filming on our, yeah. our, our film. And Even so it's so- just, like, hard. It is really hard to source. And I, Yeah go yeah. on about that but yeah, i completely agree this is very modest it's very small but if there had been something like this when i was starting you know like that mm-hmm. would have changed my life that would have been huge yeah um yeah. and i think maybe we can get institutions to start start doing more just more even if it's small that'd yeah. be great I mean, yeah, I, I hope that this inspires other people to do this, other institutions, other production companies, you know, whatever it is. But I mean, it's a great idea. So I just I really hope people see it and and realize that they can do that, too. They can contribute and do things like this. I'm so grateful that, yeah, you reached out because this is a really amazing uh, program yeah. that I think will help people. And if well, not, hopefully learn something more about how film is hard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's OK. It's OK. It's we it. all come from. Yeah, I think it is too. That's why we do it. Yeah. Crazy. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. Well, Hell yeah. will you also, Omar, let our listeners know um, your website so they can find the trailer to your film as well as the fellowship information. And if there's anything else you want to share as far as social media or how people can get a hold of you. Um, let's see. The website is standardfantastic.com. Uh, Instagram is standard period fantastic um yeah, all the links and everything are on the website yeah um i've got i mean the exciting news uh like besides all this is uh, i have the film rights to um a story called a distant episode it's by the author paul bowles it was like a generation before the beats okay um that's one of the projects that i have like lined up so that's six i just like saying it because it it's like anything you know like it yeah. makes it more true or it just just saying that it's happening um and that's really exciting for me this is the first project where like i that was like a whole uh you know project in itself was like a year a year and a half of like Mm -hmm. emailing back and forth to get the rights and learned a lot from that um contracts and lawyers and stuff like that that was fun well congratulations Um, that's exciting yeah 
Yeah, I can't wait to see yeah. the rest of that. Really excited. Thanks for listening to FemRegard Podcast. If you like what you hear, tune in every Friday for more tips on the filmmaking business and insightful conversations with industry professionals. We can only grow with your support, so please subscribe, share, rate, and review. You can also join the FemFam on Patreon. For more on us, check us out at femregard.com. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.